John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1, and I think I want to begin at verse 19 and read just a little bit again. Then we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. It says, now this is the testimony of John. Now, I'll say it every week, but for sake of somebody that comes in and hadn't been here every week or whatever, when the gospel of John speaks of the person of John, he's not speaking of himself. He's speaking of John the Baptist. So this is the, the apostle John, the disciple John, speaking of John the Baptist. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they, said to him, they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. He said, Are you, a pro- are you the, the prophet? I think I said last week I said a prophet. That was actually not right. Because he says, John says no, because we know that, John, that Jesus says John's the greatest prophet. So John would not have, and the reason I'm correcting that, for one thing, so you to know that sometimes I have to correct something, and, and because we just want it right. When I read it, uh, look at it, it says, what then are you the prophet? Definite article and capital P. They're again asking if he's divine. And he says, no, I'm, I'm not the prophet. He's not denying he, that he's a prophet. He's saying, I'm not the prophet. Does that make sense? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, see, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. He knew he was the one that Isaiah prophesied. They said, who are you, are you the Christ? No, I'm not the Christ. Are you, are you the prophet? I'm not the prophet. Who are you? I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now these who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. And he, had, and he was before me. I did not, verse 31 is a place where I'm going to spend some time on tonight. I did not know him, but but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. 
And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and I have, sent, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And let's go ahead and read just a little more. I don't think we'll get this far, but let's read it. And again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. Looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, John, behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Now, I'm not going to get here tonight, but I'll give you a preview. There's something the man knew who he was and his calling and his purpose. And it says, and his disciples, disciples means followers. When, his, when Jesus walked on the scene and John announced him, his disciples immediately became Jesus' disciples. John didn't try to protect his, his following. He knew who called him, why he called him, and to what he called him. And this is the first indication of what John would later say, or in the Synoptic Gospels would say, when he arrives, when he gets, I must decrease. John, I must, John the Baptist, I must decrease so that he can increase. John says, because it clearly says that it was John and two of his disciples, and looking when they saw Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb, that his disciples become Jesus' disciples. Because when they saw him, when, they, when the two disciples heard him speak, and the him here is John. I'm going to go ahead and teach something for next week. The pronouns. Because I had to look at that all for a while today. Because we got the. Let me read it again. The next day, John stood with his disciples, so we know that's John's disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, not Jesus, the Lamb, John the Baptist. The two disciples heard John speak, and they followed Jesus. When you... When you mind that out and realize the him because we, we saw Jesus now right behold the lamb so it would be real easy and the easiest actually to think that when they heard him speak they followed it wasn't Jesus they heard speak when they heard him they heard John the Baptist speak when his disciples heard him speak they didn't stick with John they immediately followed Jesus Boy, in today's ministry culture, you just have to stop at that and just say, wow. <laughs> wow. And then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, what do you seek? And I think that's kind of interesting. He didn't say, who do you seek? He said, what do you seek? 
But we're going to stop there, and we're going to stick with what we just read. And let's turn to Luke chapter 1 real quick. Because there's some questions that actually came up at the end, and it's very good questions and questions that I needed to consider deeper. And if I needed to consider, if it left a question and caused me to need to answer the question, then we probably all need to know the answer to the question. Is that fair? Yes. Because John the Baptist clearly says, I didn't know him. Then after he said, I didn't know him, he says, I didn't know him. And you think, well, how could he not know him? They're cousins, are they? (laughs) Why didn't he know him? Because I went to look. It's not a play on words. He says, I did not know him. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. To save them time, I'll, I'll stick with New King James. I said, thank you. Luke chapter, and I'll do my best to read quick and not stop, but you know how that goes. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 5. So there was, a, there was in the days of, of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias, who was of the division of Abijah, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. That's important. I... I hope y'all want to know as much detail and as much about the word as I want you to know. I hope that's okay. Because I need you to, uh, he's just told you that the angel has come to Zacharias, not, not, not Zachariah the prophet in the Old Testament. It was his dad's name. And so his dad was the son, was the son of the, the priest, Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, is descendants of Aaron, like brother Moses. So that tells you some things you can know for sure, that John and his family were Levites. That's an absolute. They were Levites, okay? Jesus, Joseph, Mary were not Levites. Jesus is not, that this, this great high priest we have, the Hebrews tell you that his priesthood is greater than the priesthood of the Levites. We have a high priest. This is, this is all details, but it's significant details when you get into some understanding. Because if the word leaves questions, there's answers. Yes? So we know just from reading, I haven't read three verses and I've stopped. We know from reading just a couple verses that John the Baptist is a Levite. And we know from prophecy, and we know from him being the son of David. We know from his, from his lineage in Matthew chapter 1, here's something, and we know, well, we know that Jesus is of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. John the Baptist, a Levite, the priesthood. Jesus, tribe of Judah. Keep reading. 
For they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless, verse 7. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well advanced in years. So it was that when they were all serving, the, that while he was serving as priest, see, he's a priest, before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell on him to burn the incense when he, when he went up to the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside uh, at that hour for incense, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zacharias, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and a fear fell upon him. But the Lord, angel of the Lord said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias. Your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John the Baptist. And you will... And you, you will John the Baptist wasn't his last name, by the way. Everybody knows that was his denomination. Southern. Yes, because it was from the, from the southern kingdom. That was wrong. No, John and the one who came baptizing. They identified him by what he'd done. You shall name his name. <laughs> you shall name his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and will neither drink wine nor strong drink. He will he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. That does not mean day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit. I can prove that in a minute, by the way, if I need to. But that's John chapter 7, but I'll mention it here in a minute. <laughs> and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Now think about that. He will be great. Now this is, a, he, he's just been conceived. You got the angel of the Lord announcing his birth to the priesthood and telling you that this child that you're going to have is going to be great and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb and he will turn the heart of the children of Israel back to God. You know what that tells me? That the heart of the children of Israel was away from God. They wouldn't have, he wouldn't have to turn their heart back to God if their heart was on God. Wow. And he will turn the heart of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Have y'all figured out to study a book? I wanna, I'm always trying to teach people how to read this book and how to study. Have you figured out from Wednesday night that to study a book, you've got to study the book? Yes. And Zechariah said to the angel, Lord, how, sh how shall I know this? For I am old, for I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel of the Lord answered and said, I am Gabriel, who stands before the presence of, the, of God. 
So this is one of the very few identified angels, an archangel. In fact, there's only two, I think, identified angels in the Word of God, Gabriel and Michael. Well, and Lucifer. And he said, I am Gabriel who stands before the presence of the Lord, and I was sent to speak to you to bring this glad tidings. And behold, you will be mute and will not be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. I find that interesting. That makes me want to preach. Unbelief and disobedience has consequences, but it did not stop the plan of God. It did not stop. He said, I've told you what's going to happen. And it's going to be fulfilled. But, it, but between now and then, you won't even be able to utter a word. But it's still going to happen. I told you last Sunday or the Sunday before that when you talk about messing up God's plan for your life, you can refuse to fulfill God's plan for your life. But if you're seeking God's will, if, you're, if you get saved and you're seeking God's will for your life, you aren't big enough to turn off God's plan for your life. Flat out disobedience and apostasy is the only thing that can do that told Jeff today, we were talking about some things that when, when you are seeking God's, when God has a plan and he does have a plan for your life, when you are saved, when born again, whatever you want to call it, and you are seeking the will of God, I don't mean to be trite, I don't, need to, I don't mean to be any, anything of the sort, but I'm going to tell you that, that people will try to stop God's plan for you. I'm telling you, when you think people, Christian people, are always going to be just shout with you whenever God's called you, God's working in your life. You think we have this notion that people are just hooray, you're going, to, you're succeeding, you're God's. Going. No, that's not true. Many people, they're either they either are out of God's will themselves or. They're not gods to begin with, or whatever the deal. They're not only not rejoicing with you; they're trying, they're opposing you. I'm not even finishing reading my text because somebody needs to hear this. Because right now, some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy and like I'm a heretic, like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody, not one person, would or could fulfill God's will for your life if other people could stop it. Because the enemy always has a scheme. Let me help you with something. God has a, the enemy has schemes and causes schisms. And he uses schisms for his schemes. God has a plan. And a scheme and a plan are not the same thing. In business, let me help somebody. In business, a plan can make you successful and make you wealthy. In business, a scheme can make you wind up in prison. It may take planning to scheme, but a scheme and a plan are not the same thing. Schemes are created to thwart plans. 
Am I helping somebody? And if, and if Zacharias' unbelief and questioning what God said could have stopped John the Baptist, you've stopped part of the prophetic plan of God for the coming Messiah. Because I've got to tell you, for Jesus to be Jesus and the plan to be the plan, then every single prophecy has to be fulfilled just as God said it. If one of them's not fulfilled, if one of them's not correct, then he's an imposter. I could get off into some tall weeds and tell you this is the predestination that the Bible speaks about. Because predestination is a biblical word and a biblical concept and it is a true word and a true concept. But it's not predestination and it's not in individual lives that God's decided you're going to heaven, you're going to hell. There's nothing you can do, irresistible grace. There's nothing you can do to stop yourself from getting saved. Are y'all helping? Are y'all hearing me at all? Do you even know what I'm talking about? And that idea, when it's individual predestination, God's picking winners and losers. He's sovereign. He can do what he wants to. You know what? Now he could smoke this whole place and be gone in an instant. Turn, it, turn out the lights. It's gone. He won't. He, he will not. Does anybody know why? Because he could. He's God. If we don't spend it, if we don't get, I, mean, I got all the time in the world to teach all the way through the book of John. Does anybody know why? What is, what is keeping God from just saying, smoking us all, turning it out, forget it all? He has a plan and he's given his word. That's why. He said, I will honor my word even above my name. That's what he says. The psalmist said, I, will, I, God, honor my word even above my name. And he says, my word is settled. He says, he watches over his word to perform it. He says, I'm not a man that I should lie. Whatever I say, I will do. What? I will do it. He bounds, he binds himself to his word. And then he wrote it down and put himself on record. He could, he could do, he's God, he could do anything. He'll stay in the confines of his word. The predestined, God has a plan. The enemy has a scheme to thwart the plan. He has a predestined plan. I've told you before that before there was a there was before there was a earth to stand on. Before there was terra firma. Before there was a ter uh, uh, terrestrial ball. Before it was the third rock from the sun. Come on, somebody. Before there was a sun. 
There was a plan. Before there was an earth to stand on, never mind a human to stand on it. Are you hearing me? Before there was a before he fashioned man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the first man became a living soul. Before any of that, God had a plan. Before there was a before there was an earth to stand on, a man to stand on it, a man to fall. There was a plan to reconcile the fallen man that hasn't been created on the earth that doesn't exist. To reconcile the man that hasn't been spoken, that hasn't been created yet, back to the God that created him. Did you follow all that? God has a plan. Had when Adam fell, the Godhead did not have a meeting with the angelic host and say, what are we going to do? I didn't see that coming. Didn't happen. There was not an emergency meeting. This book, this word, his word says that the lamb, remember, behold the lamb. He says, he was and is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before there was an earth, much less a man, there was a plan, and he was the lamb. Why? Because this word is the lamb, this lamb is the word, and the word is the lamb. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And by him, everything that was made was made. And without him, nothing that was made was made. The lamb. God had a plan. The Levite, John, the, the Zacharias said, he said, you're going to have a son. He's going to be great. He's going to turn your people, the children of Israel, back to the Lord their God. He's going to be full of the Spirit from his birth. And he says, how's that going to happen? Hello? And Gabriel said, I am Gabriel that stands before the presence of God. Let me paraphrase and say, You may not know how it's going to happen and your words speak doubt that it's going to happen, but because of your words that speak doubt, you will not utter another one until that boy is here and named. But he's going to be born, he's going to be right, and he's going to do everything that I just said, whether you believe it or not, because it's the plan. It's the plan. That's predestination. Predestination is not you are going to be born again, nothing you can do about it. You are, you get to be lost. You are lost. No matter what, because you wasn't the elect, you wasn't predestined. That is bad doctrine. And, it's com- and it conflicts the word at every turn. 
Because the word is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be. Whoever. Well, whoever will hear it, receive it, and believe it shall be. That's the plan. So Zacharias' little moment of dumb stupidity, of unbelief, I ain't going to be too critical of Zacharias because Gabriel's never come and told me anything like that. Has he you? Zacharias the Levi, he says, And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, verse 19, that stands before the presence of the Lord and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had, been, that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned them to, and remained speechless. So it was that as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed for his own house. And after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. You know why? Because it was the plan. And she said, and she hid herself for five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away the reproach among people. Verse 26, and now the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Wow. Hey, you think that story was something? You ain't heard nothing yet. Zacharias and Elizabeth were the opposite. They'd been together for years. And when been together for years, they had been together. But she was barren. But Gabriel now comes to a virgin. And by the way, Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive. The same one that says, that there will be one that's like a voice crying in the wilderness that says, prepare you the way of the Lord. A virgin. The Gabriel was sent by, the, by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, of the house of David, of the house of David. That means he's from the tribe of Judah. The virgin... The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered the matter of greeting this and considered the matter what matter of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Wow, peasants. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Somebody ought to say, wow. 
And then Mary said, how can this be since I've known no man? I preached this part of this three years ago. I may recook that one because it's good. Because see, Zacharias says, how's that going to work? Mute button. Boop. It's too bad mute buttons aren't standard equipment. Just a thought. That's not, that's not spiritual. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How God can do anything. He turned a rib into a megaphone. (laughs) (laughs) Connie said mercy. We, we better pick that one up. <laughs> Zachariah says, how? How's that going to work? Mary says, wow, how's that going to work? I told you, you better learn to read this book like I do because you need to know inflection. Do you know you can say the same words and mean something totally different? How, how's that going to work? How's that going to work? Yeah? Oh, I like his answer. He said, the Holy Ghost. Well, that preaches all day. How? Y'all could have jumped in right there. How's any of it work, Matt? How? The Holy Ghost. Mary said, Verse 14, then Mary said to the angel, how is this since I've known no man? And the angel of the Lord said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's why I said how? The Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, here it is. This is what brought me to Luke chapter 1 from John chapter 1 trying to figure out how John didn't know Jesus. Yeah? <laughs> now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, that's really a really, even your relative is a very loose interpretation. Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and is, this is now the sixth month of who is called barren, for with God nothing, there it is, for with God nothing for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. And Mary, oh, I wish it was next week or the week after, whichever been, because I'm going to tell you, Mary is the ultimate disciple. You don't know it, and I can't blow it, but Mary is the ultimate disciple. From the first record of her recorded words of hers in the Word to the last recorded words of hers in the Word. Mary is the ultimate disciple. 
And Mary said, she's heard the same angel. He's told her something extraordinary because she's a virgin. I, I know some people are confused these days, but most of us still know how you get babies. It says, <laughs> the angel Gabriel come to the city of Nazareth and found a virgin named Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. She said, how in the world is that going to happen? How's that going to happen? I haven't known a man. He said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you. And you're, and he, he's going to be the Son of God. In Matthew's gospel, he said, you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. And you know what Mary said? She didn't say, golly. <laughs> then, Mary, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be. King James says, be it unto me according to thy word. That's good stuff. Let it be to me according to the word. And the angel departed from her. And now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste. She hasted. She got to go. She said, man, I got to go tell this. She went to the city of Judah. She entered the house of Zacharias, greeted Elizabeth. And when it happened, Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the babe and the babe, that's John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, not the day of Pentecost kind. Same Holy Spirit, not the baptism. How do I know? John chapter 7 says that the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Just throw that out there. Not the book of, not the Acts chapter 2, the day the church was born, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them and enabled them, empowered them to do what God had planned for them to do. That's what he, that's what he always does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He literally, that's what, that's what he's always done. He comes upon people to, so they have the power, the ability to do what God has called them to do. Whenever the Holy Spirit come up on Isaiah, he prophesied. When he come up on Samson, he would bust heads and kill enemy soldiers. Why? Because it said he, when he was born, he had a plan too for Samson. They said uh, she had a little visit too. Mama had a little visit too. He said, this boy in you is special. He's going to be a Nazarite, set aside for God. You're not going to cut his hair. He's not going to drink wine all the days of his life. And he is going to begin to deliver God's people from the hands of their enemies. And that's about, the Bible says that the Spirit, of, the Spirit of God would come up on Samson at times. You know, when, he, when, when at times when, when, when Samson needed gold dust and gold fillings, that was a swipe. It was it was. It was it wasn't so that Samson could draw a crowd. It was whenever God's people were in danger of eradication from the enemy that the Spirit of God would come on Samson and he would bust heads and kill enemies. And, and then Samson blew it with the woman and the Spirit of God left him. And, 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 and you know what Samson did? He repented. And it says he, he stood right there and when they were mocking him, jeering him, 
I'm t- By the way, did I tell you that you can't mess God's plan up? I thought I'd just mention that on the way by. I repent. If you're, you're trying to be in the will of God, you're trying to keep your, you can, you can, I mean, it was a mess up. It was a mess up. He's chasing women around all over Philistine. Because he, he was set apart. He wasn't supposed to be out with strange women. At all. His parents were trying to say, we'll get you a decent little Jewish girl. I don't want her. He said he liked his women just a little on the trashy side. <laughs> You're supposed to say something. Heather's not here to get on to me. <laughs> yeah, man, somebody ought to write that in a song. He brought, he brought Delilah home one night, and his daddy said, Hey, son, that ain't no kid. That's a cocktail waitress in a Dolly Parton wig. He said, I know, Dad, ain't you cool? <laughs> that's the kind I like. <laughs> now, that's the JRV, but that's pretty much the story of Samson. That's a little funny and probably made you a little nervous and all that stuff. But that's the story of Samson. He liked, that's what he wanted. He didn't want, he didn't want the little Jewish girl he's supposed to have. He liked to run off down there with all these women, these strange women. Man, he liked to live on the edge, too. What's the password to your strength, Samson? What's Oh, baby, if you do, you know, I told you that a few weeks ago. And it's, he stood up, shook himself, didn't know that the Spirit of God was gone. So they took him up, they enslaved him, gouged his eyes out, put him out there, made him grind wheat on a blind. He was sport, he was a spectacle. The Bible said he was born to deliver his people from the hands of Israel's enemies. They bring him in one day, they're gonna make up, they're gonna make fun of Israel's champion some more. So they bring him before all the council of the Philistines, put him in this grand temple. They're making fun of him, they're making sports. He finds a little Philistine boy walking by and he says, Hey, can you help me out a minute? Yeah. Don't really. He's blind, the guy's his eyes out. And he's chained and shackled. Man, what if I was born with a plan? Man, I lived on the wild side too long because I, I thought I could just live. See, Samson said, I'm saved and always saved, and I can live any way I want to. Woo-hoo! And I meant to hit that. I mean to hit it. If you ever think that's an accident, it's not. And if it's still rubbing you the wrong way, let me help you with something. You ever ride the cat backwards? They love it. I got two cats at home. They love it. Their hair goes this way. They'll, they'll lick all day, get it all just right. Just take your hand and rub it backwards. Put them in your hand. Rub backwards. Rub it back. They love it. If, I, if, if every time I hit that, it rubs you backwards, there's two things you can do. You can change the way you rub the cat or you can just turn the cat around. The cat can turn around. You can, you can change what you're doing. I'm right-handed. If that cat's going that way, are you listening to me? 
I'm trying to help you. If, that, if I, I got two of them, I like them. If that cat's head's facing that way on my lap, I'm right-handed. So I'm going to rub this way. If the cat don't like it, the cat can turn around. And he'll, it'll feel just right. We'll both be happy because I'm still right-handed. I'm still going to do this. And the cat's going to turn around, and his hair's going to be just like, it's going to be all right. So if it rubs you the wrong way, when we hit that little biblical truth that offends the denominational world, just turn around, you'll be all right. Because I ain't going to quit rubbing. Samson so stood up, shook himself as before. One of the scariest, saddest words in all the Word of God it says, Samson stood up, shook himself as he had before, and he said, He winced not that the Spirit of God had departed. And I'm going to remind you of something that God does not change. There are some, this is why I have taught you for four years to know the character and the attributes of God because when you get into doctrinal questions, there's one thing you can count on, and that is God never changes and he's no respecter of persons that doesn't change in the covenants the covenants changed God didn't it still took blood to satisfy the covenant new and old you say he gave that God broke his covenant he made an everlasting covenant with Abraham no sir God did not break his covenant with Abraham. The Jewish people broke their covenant with, with Abraham. Yeah, I just told you that John was going to be born to, it says he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his birth. He will be great and he will cause Israel, God, your people, his people, to turn back to the Lord their God. 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew, between the covenants. God didn't break his covenant. The people broke his covenant. But that's okay because God had a better covenant based on better promises that was coming. And it was for everybody. Are you still with me? Hey, Samson stood up, shook himself as before, and he wished not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him, blinded him, making fun of him, public spectacle, bring him in for one last hurrah in the temple of all these people. And he gets this kid by and he says, hey kid, do I hear you? Hey kid, can you take me over by the pillars? I say, I'm, ch I'm chained, shackled, blind. I can't find it. Will you take me over? He said, will you put my hands on the pillars? And here's something interesting. Samson prayed. You know what he said? Oh, God, let me paraphrase it. It's me. I blew it, and I know it. But I know who you are, and I know what I was born to do. And he says, if you would see it fit one more time, one more time. So you say the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson at times. Samson said, if you could see fit one more time to spit your, your spirit on me, 
He said, I will avenge your name before the world. And you know what God did? He said, okay, let's do it. He didn't, he, there wasn't a speech. He, he, first of all, he didn't say, did you call the preacher? He didn't say, call the priest. He didn't say, light a candle. He didn't say, go to the confession booth. He, did, he didn't say, you know, good, dirty, rotten scoundrel. Do you not know what, do you, can you, you know what you've done to your poor mama? Some of y'all checked out because, because, it, because it's rubbing your fur a little wrong, but it's absolute scripture and it's good. Some of you, it makes you mad but because people can mess up and they'll repent and God will use them anyway and he never used you because you were too busy being a hard nose about somebody screw, screwing up. And it's truer than true. Some of you, the reason you're saved on your way to heaven but you've never done nothing for God because you're too being mad about God using people that weren't as perfect as you. Somebody say, woo! <laughs> Samson said, I'll do it. And God says, oh, let's, let's go. He says, put my hands up there. And he did. He said, he got those columns and he pulled. Some people try to say dumb things like Samson committed suicide. No, Samson was a warrior. Samson was a warrior. He was a fighter. He was, he was called by God to avenge the nation of Israel to deliver them from the armies of their enemies. He was a warrior. Some people are dumb today and try to say that Jesus committed suicide or that Jesus was murdered. Jesus says plainly, no man takes my life. They didn't have the power to take his life. No man takes my life. I freely am laying it down. He couldn't even die until the Holy Spirit gave him permission. Cause it, why? Because it's God. Put my hands on it. I'm telling you, he wasn't. I'm telling you, it wasn't all that. His strength didn't. His strength came when the Holy Spirit came on him. And it says he pulled the center of that temple. And the whole thing came down. And the Bible says that Samson delivered, killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his whole life. It says that he fulfilled what he was born to do to begin to deliver his people from the enemies of God. And I'm going to tell you over there in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, time would not permit me to talk about Samson. The Hall of Fame of Faith. He made the Hall of Fame. God has a plan. And now Mary rose in those days and went to the hill with haste to the city of Judah. This is verse 39. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened that Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the babe leaped in her womb. And, the whole, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed art you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why 
is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believes, for there will be fulfillment of those which were told from the Lord. I could go on tell you that he was born. As soon as he was born, they walked out. People said, somebody said, well, let's name him this. And Zacharias learned, learned, Zacharias learned his lesson. Because the angel told him, you're going to have a son in your old age. And you're going to name him John. And he's come out and they said, oh, look at that boy. He looks just like his daddy. You ought to name him Zacharias after you. Zacharias, who hadn't spoken a word in months, said, he, he said, his name is John. First words. Somebody shut, push your mute button for about four months. I mean, somebody push my mute button for 45 minutes. I might explode. <laughs> Jeff said, hey, man, <laughs> he found out. I can talk. <laughs> name him Zacharias. <laughs> His name is John. Yeah. Now, I said all that just to tell you that it says John didn't know Jesus, Baptist. How can he not know Jesus? They're cousins. Well, your relative, Elizabeth, is a pretty loose interpretation. Could be, might be, maybe. Yeah. I got... Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. I probably got cousins that are grandpas or something. I don't know. I like my mine. <laughs> you know, same time. That was your perfect. Kind of like Vider people, Arkansas. That helped you. Well, I, was just, I gave y'all a perfect opportunity for an Arkansas zinger, and y'all let it go. I thought, so all you Vidorians in this house, don't get mad at me. It's funny. Just laugh. <laughs> all my life, I thought toothbrush come from Arkansas, and I found out it come from Vider. If it come from here, it'd been toothbrush, toothbrush. <laughs> Tooth, huh? I ain't going to say, you know, that you call four, four people from Arkansas have a full set of teeth. <laughs> Tony said, stop it. Can I tell y'all something real funny? Have y'all, has anybody ever met my oldest? Have you ever met Jamie, James? Anybody, a few of you have. Well, he's rotten and I don't know where he gets it from. And he's been rotten all of his life. I don't know. It just seems to come natural to him. I don't. Well, his nanny one day, he's about three. Not, probably not three yet. Maybe two. But he's talking pretty good because he, he, he came by talking natural too. And they were in Dollar General one day. And you know how little ones, when they're about that age, they'll hide behind you and act all bashful when they ain't no more bashful than the man on the moon. When Jamie was asking bashful, he was scheming. Not planning. I know the difference. 
He was scheming. And there's this lady in front of me at, at Dollar General, and he was cute, and he was, and he was looking around his nanny, and he smiled, big old brown eyes, and all that. She said, "How hey, you know?" Wouldn't talk to her, acting all bashful. And he'd done it several times. And when she was about to walk off, he stepped around his nanny. She ought to have known. I got to tell you, when he stepped around, when she says, see you later, baby. And he, instead of hiding his little face this time, he stepped around. And she said, oh, there you are. And he said, lady. Do you realize... This is the exact words from a three-year-old, but not, not even three yet. Lady, do you realize that you have one tooth? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And she said, well, AJ, y'all know southern things can mean a lot of things. You know, like, bless your heart and bless your heart. And, well, bless her heart. You know, that, that's three different things right there. She said, <laughs> she said, well, ain't you something? <laughs> and I don't really think that was a compliment. <laughs> But what are you going to say? You can't punch a two-year-old in the face. Well, ain't you something? Ada. Yes. <laughs> One more and I'll clap. We were at Van Buren. Going to church at Van Buren. Same kid. Same kid. Way too smart. Way too articulate, way too young. And this lady sat in front of us. Every, you wouldn't know her. I ain't going to tell you who it was. And she was sitting in front of us. She always sat in front of us. Christmas time is Christmas Sunday service. Jamie's sitting with us. And he's about, he was four is exactly how old he was. And it was all over. She loved him. She talked to him every week. She was funny. She, she, she dressed to the nines. Her hair was always perfect. I happened to sit behind her very closely to know that it was a very well done, very high dollar, very attractive wig. It wasn't a cheap wig. It wasn't a bad wig, but it was a wig. And I knew that. I, but it, it was nice. I mean, I'm really, I mean, most people had, my wife had no idea. And at Christmas time, last service, they're leaving, and she says, well, Jamie, I hope Santa Claus brings you all the toys that you want, and you have a really good Christmas. He said, me too, and I hope Santa brings you a brand new wig, because I sure like that one. And I'm cracking up, and she's cracking up. She thought it was hilarious. And then Lisa wants to die. <laughs> Matt, tell me, don't say the next thing I was going to say. Get back to Scripture. Because I started to say she did eventually. <laughs> but <laughs> Sarah's like, oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, if she hadn't have, if she hadn't have, Heather couldn't have proposed to me at the visitation. (laughs) 
I need you on the drums right quick. <laughs> Jeff said, as the house closed, is it too late to leave? <laughs> y'all needed it. Because y'all think I'm too... Sometimes. Y'all needed all that. Heather is at Houston in the children's hospital, probably planning for me a room on, in the trauma unit. <laughs> she is over there saying, did he really just say that? In service, on live stream, to whoever's going to watch it from now on, and we ain't editing it. You got that? Megan saying, my God. John chapter 1 says that says that John the Baptist didn't know him. I think, how's that? I ain't never slept on the couch unless I wanted to. <laughs> I ain't going to. Anywho, uh, Zachariah, John the Baptist was a Levite. Jesus of the lineage through Joseph was the, Jew, was, was the tribe of Judah. And while it is somewhat possible that they could have been cousins, somewhat possible, but extremely highly unlikely because they were from different tribes. And the Levites were set, the Levites were set apart for the priesthood their lineage was completely dedicated to be a, to be a priest you had to be a levite and to be a levite to be a levite you had to be a, a true levite still today and judah was the praise team very uh, some people say how, what is that what's that mean when it says that John didn't know him. They're cousins. Mm. The better interpretation would be they were countrymen from the same people, from the same area. And when you really get to reading, you realize that John has been in the wilderness for a long time. And while he may have known who Jesus was, hey, that's Jesus. Hadn't seen him in a while. And known the prophet. No doubt mama told him about the prophecy, about the angel's experiences with Mary. and No doubt. But until he said, John said, when he, he, God, he said, he told me, the one in whom you see the Spirit descend. Because the Spirit came on John. Came on John. He was from his birth. Came on John. Came on Samson. Came on. I laid a lot of groundwork before I told you about the tooth. John said, He, God, told me that the one whom I see the Spirit descend on and remain, that's Him. And it says when he was out baptizing, Jesus came. And I said, well, then there's, the, then there's the Matthew argument over, 
over uh, baptize me. I ain't going to baptize you. You need to baptize me. Well, that says he knows it. No. He had a full awareness that he was greater than him from his mama's womb. This Jesus is is greater than you. But the revelation, the revealing came when he said, he said to me, the one who you see, the Spirit of God, descend on and remain. That's him. He may have recognized Jesus. Hey, that's Jesus from back in, maybe, probably. He may have, and certainly knew that this, I'm, I'm called as one of the wilderness, but this guy, but whatever I am, he's greater. But he said, but when the Spirit descended on him, it was him, the one that was preferred before me. The one that came after me but was preferred before me, the one that, a, that I'm not even a slave to undo his sandals, said, I baptize you with water, but this one baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And he said, behold the Lamb. That statement came to just two people. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. First it said John didn't know him but then in the same verse or two verses later, he said, and, and John didn't know him. First of us, he didn't recognize him. I didn't know him. I didn't recognize him. The second one was, I didn't, I didn't realize until then that it was him. I didn't know it was him. But when the Spirit, he says, I saw the Spirit descend. The other gospel says, says when he baptized him, when he come up out of the water. Now I don't mean to be ugly, and I'm, I, we're all going. You can get to heaven without the water. I promise you. There's there's denominations that don't know that because the power's in the blood. Say amen or oh me, but we can argue over sprinkling and everything all day long. But it says baptizing says he when he came up out of the water. I've never came out of a sprinkle. Um, we're not going to go to hell over that, but you might as well know the Bible says that when he came up out of the water, so he smiled. It says when he came up out of the water, it says the heavens opened. And there was a, I could get into, I can't even open that can tonight, but I'm going to tell you that the Son of Man, the living word was standing in the river. He was. And the heavens opened. It says there was a voice from heaven that spoke. It says, this is my beloved son. And whom I, that was the, that was the grand announcement. John announced the lamb of the world, but the heavens announced, this is my son. And whom I am well pleased. And it says, as, and everybody heard it. Some people said, was that thunder? What was that? What was that? Out of a clear sky. Was that thunder? What was that? And when it happened, it says that the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove and remained. And then he was led or driven by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted. 
So when the Word of God says he didn't know him, he didn't know him. I spent an hour and ten minutes with a tooth story and a wig story thrown in the middle and in trouble with my wife. I'll repent. I'll live through it. I've lived through worse. (laughs) Believe me. The Word of God means what it says. And when there's questions, there's answers. And why does all this about John the Baptist matter anyway? Because it's in there. And if God's plan hadn't have been as God, God's prophets prophesied it, when he inspired it, then he, wasn't, he was an imposter. Both of them were. And we should still be looking. And the Jews have actually bought the lie that it wasn't him, and they're still looking. And they're going to see him. But it would have been better for them and everybody else if they'd have saw then. That was part of what was prophesied about him too, though. He said he'd come into his own people. And they didn't know him. He said, they, he said he'd come into his own land. They didn't know him. he came into his own people and they received him not. It's a marvelous book. A marvelous gospel. And if you, I, I hope you take more than laughing about my kid and me being little... Cheeky about my ex. That was a bad word. She's not my ex-wife. She's dead. <laughs> I've never been divorced. <laughs> people say, people say all the time. They say I'm really careful to say my late wife, not my first wife. I mean, she was my first wife, but that says something different. My late wife. And by the way, she was an absolute mess, and she would absolutely crack up over me saying, "Well, she wanted to die. Well, she did eventually." She would think that was an absolute scream. Or I would never disrespect her. Now, Heather proposing to me at her visitation is true. But (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) She was there, but she didn't propose. She wanted to, but she didn't. Y'all. You know what the thing to do with your, when you're waist deep in a hole, don't you? Quit shoveling. <laughs> Quit digging. <laughs> Quit digging. She must, she must have fell asleep. Or I'm pretty sure we'd be having some live. Uh, we'd, have, we'd have some interaction in true time. Real time. There's four people that we received as new. We will receive as new members Sunday if I didn't mess it up tonight. <laughs> Lathan and Seals over there, and I know their name. <laughs> That's Terry and Terry and what's her name? No. <laughs> By the way, does anybody say, back it up, Terry, on 4th of July to you? They say it at work all the time. Back it up, Terry. (laughs) 
Oh, stop. <laughs> we need to have a board meeting. <laughs> Terry and Vicky and Lathan and some, there's one more somewhere. Can't remember who it is. Who? Sharisa. Yes, her. Sharisa. Y'all, I, the butter hasn't slipped off my noodle. I'm okay. That'll be able to announce y'all Sunday if you don't want to withdraw right after tonight. It'll be all right. And, and yes, the house has closed. <laughs> and the U-Haul's unpacked. Behold the Lamb of God. And Him whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. It's Him. It's Him. We could talk a little bit more about the end of John the Baptist's life. John the Baptist took on things. I like him. He took on things. People say, don't take on politics and national leaders well John the Baptist did Jesus did John the Baptist told the king he said you you, you went and had an incestuous relationship with your family and you ought to repent it's unlawful that you should do such a thing then had his Daughter dancing provocatively for entertainment. And he was so, he lost his mind. We'll just close out John the Baptist and then we'll say amen. Has his daughter out dancing for the king and the whole court and basically a state dinner and have your daughter out doing lewd. Who knows? And to the degree of such that he lost his mind over in lust, really. So, so lustful after his own family that he says, whatever you want, it's yours. Up, up to half the kingdom. Think of that. Having your own family. The perversion. And John the Baptist said that he had already challenged it and she ran home to Mama and says, King said, I, she said, Mama, I danced so good that the king said, I could have half the kingdom. But I don't know what to ask for. She said, Buddy, I do. She said, You ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Cut that, shut that voice up. You think he's going to challenge me and get away with it? I'll tell you what to ask for. You ask for his head. She don't know, though, that he had done fulfilled his plan. He had done, put it out there. And by the way, somebody needs to hear about the plan because sometimes, I mean, that's a pretty big, John the Baptist is a pretty big deal. You agree? When, he, when Herod had him, it said to Herod immediately, regretted. But he had made an oath as the king. Whatever you want, up to half the kingdom. She didn't want half the kingdom. She just wanted the voice shut up. She just, want, she just wanted the one crying in the wilderness to shut his mouth. That's, and so it is today. The one that will cry in the wilderness. People want them to shut their mouth. 
I don't, want, I don't need half the kingdom. I don't need money. I don't need a fortune. I don't need chariots. I don't need servants. I want you to shut the voice up. And had the voice arrested. And even the voice who had fulfilled his plan sent word one day and said to the disciples, come to Jesus and John. said, John wants to know something. Now think of this. The one whom you see the Spirit descend on, that's him. unmistakable disciples come to Jesus and said John's in prison and he wants to know something he said are you the one or should we look for another think of it listen somebody needs to hear that God's not casual about our mistakes and they have in our failures and our sin but they don't, but when we have a heart towards him, it doesn't destroy his plan and it doesn't destroy us with him. You gotta quit. There's something somebody in this room needs to hear after all the laugh and silliness and all of that. The psalmist said that as a father pities, loves, has compassion for, as a father pities his children. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, has pity, has mercy, has compassion on us. You know why he says? He said, because he remembers. He knows that we're just dust. He knows we're just dust. Remember, God formed man out of the dust of the earth. It wasn't the dirt that made us something. It was the breath of God. And Paul said it a different way. He said, I'm troubled on every side. He said, I'm squeezed, but I'm not crushed. I'm persecuted. People come at me, but I'm not forsaken. He said, I'm, I fall. I'm cast down. That literally... You know what that literally means? I stumble and fall on my face. Somebody hear me. I'm cast down, but not destroyed. Because you know what he said? Paul, he prefaced, he said, for we have this treasure in earthen vessels, in clay pots, in broken pots, he knows that you're a cracked pot. He knows that you're a cracked pot. He, <laughs> he remembers. He remembers, Matt. He remembers that we're just dirt. He remembers. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God. That his plans are not thwarted and failed because of my mess-ups. When my heart's towards him and I have a repentant heart, he'll pick up the broken pieces and fulfill his plan. In my life, his ultimate plan, and and for my life, personally. I didn't finish a statement, and I'm doing it right now. It always ends up 20 to 9, so just get over it. 
He, I started to say it earlier, and I don't mean anything. I'm not being funny. I just want to have a, anybody, anybody chess players or know anything about chess or know anything about chess? I know, the world's playing checkers. That's the whole thing. I, I always tell people, thank you, Duel. I always say, tell people everybody. I said, I said, I'm always ahead because while everybody's playing, I'm playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with checkers. It's fun. It's fast. I enjoy it. But in checkers, there's no real strategy. Your move determines my move, and if you hit your move just right, I'm going to got you. A chess player sees the whole board, sees every move, and they're thinking about five. A good chess player is thinking three to four scenarios at the same time and five to six moves ahead. If they move this, then I'm going to move this. But if they don't, I'm going to move this. And when they move this, then I'm going to move this, and they're going to move that, and that's when I'm going to move that. And when they do that, checkmate. And I'm not meaning to reduce God to a board game or anything else. But I'm going to tell you, when you think, God, when you mess it up because you, did, you, you went the wrong direction or moved the wrong thing and you, or you didn't do it or you did or you didn't, God is the ultimate chess player. Because he knows your move before you made it. He knew, your, he knew every move of your life before the, the worlds were ever formed because he knows everything. And he has an amazing way with the person that has a heart for the things that he wants and wants to be obedient. He has a way of taking and, and of, of when you miss it, when you mess it up, when you get it right and all that. He has an amazing way of getting you where he wants you. When he wants you there to do what he wanted you to do in spite of everything you ever tried to mess it up. And you say, do you have scripture for that? Yes, I do. Romans 8 says that all things work together for good. Not for everybody. To those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. He takes the good and the bad and the ugly and works it for your good. Amazing. All that came out of John didn't know him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for opening your word up for the revelation of your word. Lord, now quicken through what we've taught that's true and through our laughter and silliness at times that we need. Lord, thank you for showing us who you are, for revealing your truth, and for taking the lives of the people that you, that you make alive in your word and show us how it applies to us. Thank you for opening your word to us tonight, for opening hearts and lives all over this building. May someone be encouraged now and later that may not make a mess of it every now and then. There's things I don't understand. But whenever I'm repentant, whenever I love you, when I want what you want,
that you have a way of making it work. God, I'm thankful. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Why don't you give him a hand clap of praise at the, and just tell him. That's not to have a way to clap. That's because he deserves it. When you're thankful, can I tell you something? If we hear a great singer and, and we go to the concert and we love what we heard, we show our thanks and appreciation. If somebody is, is retiring or, or they're stepping down of years of wonderful leadership, people will roar to their feet and put their hands together. Why? To show their gratitude and their thanks and their appreciation and honor. That show. I've seen people that just the fact that they, who they were when they announced their name, that the crowd roared to their feet and put their hands together. Why? Just to show them honor. That's why I say give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Just because he deserves it. And show him some honor. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them. Amen.